Cuckoo, cachoo, what it do? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, Comfortable in the Chaos, with your hostess, with the mostest, your girl, Kalia. I want to start off this episode by saying thank you to everybody who's returning another week to support my dream of being a vessel and a voice for the voiceless. I want to also say welcome to anybody who's new this week and recommend that you go back and listen to the last four episodes. You don't want to miss out. On this week's segment titled Behind the Scenes, I will tell you guys the deep, dark, and the gritty of some of the difficulties that I've gone through over the past months since starting the podcast and some of the old wounds that have resurfaced in the meantime. So instead of leaving all of that stuff out, I decided to just unpack it with you guys. Embarking on this healing journey has brought me so much joy and peace, but it also has taught me some lessons that aren't easy to learn. Recently, I have been taught a few. I've always had social anxiety, but it wasn't until about three weeks ago that anxiety started affecting me in a physical way, and I had my first panic attack, which actually was extremely scary. I was at the park prepping for a podcast episode, simultaneously, you know, getting my brain ready for the fact that I had just got approved for my apartment, and all these negative thoughts of self-doubt started coming in, telling me my podcast wasn't as big as those who have the big names and no one wants to listen to somebody talk about their problems. And I was going to fail at having an apartment because I don't know how to handle my money. Just all the old self-negative talk that I had allowed to take over me for so long had just started hitting me back to back. My heart started racing. I was sweating profusely and the world seemed like it was closing in on me. I was alone at the park at the time, and I didn't know what was happening to me. So my fight or flight instantly kicked in. I made my way to my car, where I sat then for 45 minutes until that feeling passed. I then drove home, and I slept from 7 p.m. that night to the next morning. The next day, I explained my symptoms to a friend who also works in the mental health field, and they informed me that what I had sounded like a panic attack. A few days later, I had another So I journaled and meditated, hoping to reveal what may be causing the issue. And in doing so, I discovered that this time last year, I was losing everything. I lost my job. I was going to lose my apartment. I lost my sense of purpose. And today, everything is falling into place. So I realized that my subconscious was still holding on to fears of who I used to be instead of allowing who I am today take the lead. By looking inward and discovering my why, I was able to combat those thoughts and going forward, remind myself that I am not who I used to be. I've grown and I've learned those lessons already. So this time will be different and I will enjoy my blessings today. The thoughts still creep in, but I now know that they aren't me. So I no longer let them carry that same weight. I also learned to ground myself by putting my feet in the grass, counting my fingers and toes, and calling out objects and colors that I see in the room. This helps bring me back when the anxiety creeps in and tries to take over. These techniques has helped me tremendously stay present instead of being overwhelmed by that anxious feeling. I also recommend that everybody tries them if you haven't and you struggle with anxiety because they've helped me a lot and I think they could help you too. The anxiety wasn't it though. I started having lucid dreams where I was aware that I was dreaming. I had a dream that my mom 
was in a cookout with me and I was begging her, begging her to look at me, to talk to me. But she wouldn't. She was making elote, which was weird because I don't think my mother knew what elote was when she was alive. She passed away about 12 years ago. And I remember saying, Mom, you've ignored me all this time. And now you won't even look at me? I'm trying. And when I said I'm trying, she looked at me in my face and she just started shedding tears. And then I woke up. When I woke up, I felt overwhelmed with sadness and I felt heavy. And I had the urge to make five-year-old me the background of myself as a reminder to me that she is safe, she is loved, and she is seen. The more that I looked into the dream, I realized that I wasn't holding on to hurt, but it was holding on to the desire of my mom's approval. I've been working hard for 10, 12 years, and now things are finally starting to pan out for me. And sadly, she's not here to see it. But I accepted that she can't acknowledge my my growth. She can't acknowledge the things that I've overcame. She's not here. But by coming to me in that dream, I think that was her way of saying, it's okay, I'm proud of you. But then it got weird. The following night, I had another dream. And it was like I was talking to myself. In the dream, it seemed like the higher version of me was talking to the me that I am today. I vividly heard myself say to myself, Kalia, you have to let that version of you die in order to level up. I woke up immediately and started bawling my eyes out because I already know that there's parts of me that I have to leave behind in order for me to unlock what is next for me. And the hard part is that some of those things I have to let go are people, places, habits, jobs, things that once brought me comfort, but the old me doesn't have a ticket for the train to who I am becoming. And although letting go is hard, it's a requirement for me to grow. Sometimes in life, the things that usually bring us comfort no longer serve us. So we have to move on. And we already know what we need to do. It's just the act of actually putting it into action. This month has been so challenging for me. But it's been such a growing season and I feel so blessed to be at a point in my life where I can maneuver through these situations without fully getting off track. I can overcome my challenges, but still stay focused on the goal while sharing my journey and being vulnerable with you all. So one more time, I want to say thank you for coming along on my journey with me. And the main thing I learned was to give myself closure to move on instead of waiting on someone or something to give me permission to. And I hope that you all learn that same lesson. You deserve growth. You deserve to operate as your highest being. So let go of whatever is keeping you back. Now I want to get into some of y'all's questions. I got 10 today that was submitted from the audience. So let's get into it. The first question is, what do you think is the most important aspect of your healing journey? And I will say my sobriety. If I never took that first step two years ago to get sober, I wouldn't have had the clear enough mind to embark on my handling journey, to build my spiritual relationship. So I would definitely give all the credit to my sobriety. The next question is, what would you tell someone starting their healing journey? I would tell them to be patient, have faith, and don't be afraid of solitude. The next question is, did you have to cut off people and friends during your recovery? I did not. 
I made myself a promise when I first got sober that I wouldn't allow my disease, my sickness, affect the people I surrounded myself with. I was 27 when I got sober, so it's like an unfair request to ask people in their mid-20s to not drink around me. So I decided that I would be strong enough to still be able to be around people who drink. And by drink, I mean have a couple of drinks. I can't be around anybody who's belligerent or sloppy drunk, but I didn't lose friends on my recovery journey. It was the healing journey that really brought the stuff to the surface, if that makes sense. Um, the next question is, how lonely does it get while you're on your healing journey? And I value solitude. So it did get lonely, but not in a way that was negative for me. A lot of people saw themselves out. And I believe that the universe will show you what you need and what no longer serves you during this time. So a lot of people, if they're not vibrating on your level, they're not going to understand you no more. You're not going to feel comfortable in certain rooms anymore. But that was something I learned to be okay with really early on. It does get lonely, but solitude can be beautiful if you allow it to. The next question is, do you get the urge to drink? I'm going to be all the way honest with you guys. In the past three year, two years, excuse me, I've probably only had the urge to drink three times. And um, the next question was, how do I cope? I get in an AA meeting or go to the gym. Those are my top two coping mechanisms. I also look at videos and pictures of what I was like when I was drinking, and I can't stand that version of myself. So uh, seeing that is an easy, a easy reminder of why I'm sober. Someone also wanted to rehash a question from the episode, The Divine Drunk. Um, the question was, you said you were more confident when you were drunk and you missed that. But isn't that a false confidence? And I agree with that. So I wasn't a confident drunk. The alcohol was confident. I wasn't a confident person ever. And I'm working on that still today. So I'm glad they pointed that out. I don't miss anything about the alcoholic version of me. I'm just trying to better the version of me I am today. The next question is, Knowing what you do now, do you feel drinking caused your anxiety slash depression or the other way around? I would say I was born to addict parents, so the gene was in me. But not dealing with my trauma is what caused me to drink. I used my trauma as an excuse to pick up the bottle. So if I would have healed from what hurt me, I don't think I would have felt to alcoholism because now that I'm woke, and I'm operating on a higher vibration, I don't really think about drinking. It's not something I desire because I like who I am sober. I love who I am just as I am, and I don't need nothing to alter that. And last but not least, who has been the most supportive in your journey and who has been the least? I like to not operate from a point of lack, so I don't want to focus on the folks that weren't supportive. But I will say this. It's always the people who you think are going to support you the most who support you the least. But I'm so grateful for the people who I do have in my corner, and they know who they are. Some of them being my TikTok followers, my Instagram supporters, my family, and a lot of my close friends. Shout out to y'all, and thank you so much for having my back. This journey has been so eye-opening, so inspiring, and I'm just happy to share it with you guys, like I said. So thank y'all for your support, and all my supporters out there, you know who you are. Thank you. I love y'all so much. Now, let's get into this affirmation. I wanted to tell you guys that every mountaintop is the bottom of another. Just never stop climbing. And I learned that this past month, right? I've been going through so much positive things in the midst of some challenges. Before, I would have let them take me down and I would have fell down the mountain. 
But instead, I continue to climb and adapt and overcome those situations and show the universe that I'm ready for the tests and the challenges that are going to help me become the best version of myself. So never give up. Never stop climbing that mountain. There's a light up there and you deserve to reach it. You deserve the peace, the love, the joy that you desire. I'm so grateful for you guys coming back another week. Make sure you like, share on your Instagram story, and subscribe. Comfortable in the Chaos merch is dropping next month. And the top 10 supporters are going to get free t-shirts. So make sure y'all show out this week. Thank you guys for tuning in. In the meantime, stay beautiful. See y'all next week. Peace.